This is episode eight of season six of the Runner Girls podcast. On tonight's show, we will be talking about mental training. Megan, and this is season six of Runner Girls, a podcast about women brought together by a love of running. Yes, brought together again this week, despite weird work chaos that's been going on, probably for both of us. <laughs> but Megan, you're back at school. How's that going? It's going. I'm excited. It's just, you know, busy. Just a lot of work. I came home from just setting up my classroom and all the meetings and everything a couple nights last week and like fell asleep at eight o'clock on the couch. Yeah. Just, yeah, but it'll get better. It's just that adjustment period. Yeah. And you're, you're teaching sixth, seventh and eighth grade, right? I have just one eighth grader and two sixth graders with the possibility of getting anybody. So yes. So just three students then? Yes. Oh, nice. So that's not, I mean, I'm thinking that's not too much work, but I don't know what it's like to be a teacher. So maybe it is. It'll be different. These are just kids with like the severe behavior issues. So while, yeah, it's only like two and a half kids because I only have the eighth grader for like one period a day. It's a lot. I think it will end up, you know, some days are going to be harder than others. It'll feel like a lot more kids than just two, I think. Yeah, I have no idea. Like, I can't even begin to imagine. I'm trying to imagine right now. Like, I I have enough trouble with my own kids who are fully capable of anything <laughs> and driving me crazy. So I, I can't imagine what it must be like to deal with kids that are behaviorally challenged or mentally challenged or whatever. So... Yeah, yeah, it's okay, though. I'm excited about it. Good. Well, yeah, that's the thing. You love your job. You love what you do. I mean, it's challenging, but I imagine rewarding, too. Mm-hmm. Anyway, um, I wish I could say the same <laughs> for me. Um, on the last episode, I told you about how I quit my waitressing job. In the meantime, this week, to make a little extra money, I picked up a side job, which turned out to be a lot more work than I had anticipated. Um, Basically delivering newspapers third shift. And it was only supposed to be like three or four hours a day, but every day. Um, And I was like, oh, that'll be fine. Three to 7 a.m. You know, um, I'll have my whole day free. (laughs) Um, No, it didn't quite work out that way. It just ended up being a lot more work than they had advertised. And... um, (laughs) And I never really adjusted to the new sleeping schedule. Also, I was trying to sleep from like 6 p.m. to 2 a.m., but I ended up working sometimes at midnight or 1 a.m. and like crashing after work. So it just didn't work out. But that was only meant to be a temporary job anyway until I found something more permanent. Fortunately, I got hired for a full-time job this week, a sales job, which is has a potential for um, pretty good money, but it's going to be a lot of hours. It's like, it's a salaried position and it's going to be probably minimum of 40 hours a week, which I don't remember the last time I worked a 40 hour work week, but thinking about it, I don't think that I ever have. <laughs> so I don't know how I'm going to live basically. And I'm thinking that I just need to like reframe my perspective instead of thinking of it as like working 40 hours at this job I just got to think of it as like oh this is my new home now (laughs) you know like oh this is where I'm going to be spending all of my time so yeah so I've been trying to I haven't started yet I don't start till Monday but I've been trying to like process that information and like I know that it's a good thing to work like a normal job and to have normal hours and to actually make money and so I'm I'm just trying to um wrap my head around how I'm going to do things like run and sleep and spend time with my family ever. So that's where I'm at. I get to experience what it's like to be you, Megan. (laughs) 
So I'm super nervous about it. And I'm hoping that I don't just quit in a week like I did the newspaper job. And, you know, after six months, like I did the waitressing job. Because, you know, I, I worked for myself for 11 years, 12 years, and I loved it. But I guess I don't know how to be an actual normal person working for somebody else. So that's going to that's gonna be an adjustment. What did Jeff and the kids think about it? Well, I tried to have a conversation with Jeff about it because, you know, I don't, I, I don't work a lot as it is, but he, he always seems to like want more from me than what I'm giving him. <laughs> like, oh, where are you off to now? Like kind of thing. I'm a very independent person and he's not as much. So mm-hmm. I tried to have a conversation with him about it being like, look, I'm going to be working a lot probably over 40 hours a week and he's like that's good and I'm like yeah but are you going to be okay with that because any free time I have I mean I'm gonna want to try and fit in my marathon training somewhere (laughs) and sleeping so I don't know if I'm gonna have time to like hang out ever and he's just like yeah whatever you want to do and I'm like okay well do you want to talk about no (laughs) so I think he's like being all like trying to be all positive about it but I think that it's going to it's going to be a challenge for us, <laughs> but it'll be good. I try to focus on the positive of all the money we're going to have, <laughs> which will be nice. All the races you can, you know, go to now. Yeah, that's the thing. Like, I don't know how I'm ever going to get time to run them. <laughs> when I was interviewing for the position and, like, asking about the hours, like, you know, I was like, well, you know, I have days that I, like, I already have races planned. I'm going to need to schedule off, but I feel like it's going to be... It's going to be tricky because we get seven days off per month, which means some weeks we only have one day off. Some days we have two two days off. And um, it's just hard. Like I, some months I have like five races, <laughs> you know, it's uh, I don't know. Can you come in late or something if you're salaried and then? Well, the thing is, you know... the shifts are really kind of rigid. Um, most shifts are eight in the morning till eight at night. Some are 8 in the morning till 6 p.m. And then there are a few 11 a.m. to 8 p.m., which is what I would want because I would like to have my mornings free. Fortunately, every Sunday work starts at 11. So I can for sure get a long run in every Sunday if I get up early enough. (laughs) So that's good. I just have to work after running my long run, which would be on my feet all day. Yeah. So So yeah, so that's what I'm coming to grips with now that I'm almost 40 is oh I should actually work (laughs) so I'm sure I'll have plenty to complain about in upcoming episodes regarding working for a living you're joining the real world now I know I know I don't know what I was thinking I mean I could just go back to cleaning houses and work like three days a week and make it adequate money it'd just be nice to like you know be able to put the kids through college (laughs) Anyway, I don't need to go to college. It's cool. No, if they don't, then they're just going to stay with us forever. (sighs) Hey, probably. (laughs) Are you ready to move along and talk about some running? I am. Okay. So last week when I left off on Thursday, we recorded and I told you about my marathon paced run that didn't go. It went okay. It it wasn't terrible. Well, after that, I started noticing um, when I was planning on going for an easy run Friday morning that my shin was starting to bother me. And, you know, ever since I had a stress fracture, I've been like super paranoid about laying off any time I was having any shin pain like that. So, So I did not run for the rest of the week last week. And I only got in 11 miles, which was sad to me because the week before I was up to like 30s. (laughs) And so, um, yeah, that's a little disappointing. But, you know, it's important to let your body recover and and stay strong. So um, I also didn't run on Monday and I waited until Tuesday to do my speed work, which this week was my first session of the mile repeat so I was doing six by one mile at half marathon pace and that was not really good first of all I I couldn't quite commit myself to what my half marathon pace is (laughs) because I was kind of basing it off my mile time which would make it like 
close to nine minute miles, but I'm not, that does not feel accurate to me. Um, so anyway, I figured I'd aim for like 920 pace, which is still like a good 25 seconds per mile faster than our marathon pace. So I started out and it was not good. I, I don't even, I don't have my splits right here. I don't even know what I did with my splits, but the first mile I think was like 925 maybe or nine no nine nine seventeen the next one was like not maybe nine eighteen or nine nineteen and the third one was like nine thirty five and then the fourth one was like nine forty seven <laughs> so they kept getting slower and slower and it was harder and harder and I couldn't finish and I felt terrible. I couldn't maintain that pace at all. Even the last mile, which was marathon pace, I couldn't maintain after that. So um, so I stopped at four miles and figured that's good enough for, for this week and hoping for cooler weather so that it will be easier in the future. Maybe it was just from taking four days off. Maybe it was just from the heat and humidity. I don't know. I also think my inhaler hasn't been very effective lately because nothing's coming out anymore. <laughs> So I took Wednesday as a rest day and then was going out for my marathon paced run on Thursday, which I was definitely nervous about considering my speed run didn't go very well. So this one was supposed to be six miles at marathon pace. I did a mile warm up and then um, because it was, again, really warm this week, I kind of aimed for effort instead of just trying to hit the pace. I was kind of nervous because of Tuesday's workout. So I was just trying to go by what felt like a good marathon pace. So my my splits were kind of all over the place. I, the first two were actually pretty close, 9.46 and 9.45. And then the next one was um, just around 10 minutes and then 9.49 and then 10.06 and then 9.48. So um, actually not too bad. I think I averaged 950, 955, something like that. It just felt really tough. And I'm still having that feeling like I'm going to throw up during my runs. It just, it just wasn't good. And the other issue is I hadn't been sleeping this week. You know, I told you about my new job. This, this, this run, this marathon paced run was after being up since 1am and working for six hours and then coming home and running at 8am and it's already warm. So, um, it just wasn't great, (laughs) Uh, but I got it done. So that's good. Then my next run was an easy run yesterday. So that was, I was aiming for four, (laughs) And I got three and a half. And that was another tough run because not only did I have that feeling like I was going to throw up again, um, but I also had a nice asthma attack. So it was just, it's just crappy. Like running has just been crappy for me pretty much since Midnight Owl. I haven't had many good runs. So I don't know. I don't really like running anymore. <laughs> I just want it to be cooler. I just want it to feel nicer because I know I have the fitness. I know I do. I know it's in there somewhere. I just need for it to come out. <laughs> Did you do your long run today? No, I was, well, I was planning on it and I was kind of undece- undecided all night because I worked last night. So again, I've been up since 1am and so I was planning on going after working because it was really cool this morning. It was probably 50 degrees when I got home from work. But then I decided that it's still going to be pretty cool tomorrow. It might be like five or 10 degrees warmer, but then I'll be well rested and having properly fueled and whatnot. And and I just decided I'm going to wait until tomorrow. So that's what I'm going to do. I kind of couldn't make up my mind. I came home and was still thinking about getting ready for my run. And then I was like, you know, what? I'm just going to eat some breakfast because I was hungry. And then I was like, nah, I can't run now. And then I took a nap. <laughs> so tomorrow will be good. I, I'm actually planning on going out with Michelle. So that'll be good. She'll do probably five miles of it with me, hopefully at the end, which is the hardest part. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, so that was this week. I expect to get just over 30 miles in this week plan for next week is four repeats of one and a half miles at half marathon pace on Monday or Tuesday. Thursday will be seven miles at marathon pace. Friday will be an easy run. 
Saturday I'll do my long run and then I will have a 5k race the following Monday on Labor Day. So hoping for cool weather because I really want to try to get down to, I'm aiming for 26 minutes, which I feel like is ambitious if it's not really cool. So um, I think 27 or 28 is probably more realistic, <laughs> but um, but I'd really like to get down to, to 26, which should be um, close to my PR. I feel like that's that's where my fitness is right now. I just need to go out and have a good day to prove it. <laughs> so yeah, I'm excited about doing a 5K in a little bit, and um, and then three weeks, three weeks from tomorrow, I have a half marathon. Yay! Yay! Which I'm really excited about. That will be good. So that is my training. So Megan, how has your training been going? After the show last week, I managed to get out for an attempted long run. I got five miles in, and I it was not a good run either, Sue. I felt miserable. Like, I was almost to tears. I was like, this sucks. Running is stupid. Why do I do this? This is hard. I walked a lot of it. It was hot. I was just over it. And so, and my goal was to get between eight and ten, and I just kind of cut it at five. Yeah. I was like, I'm not torturing myself anymore because that's what it was at that point. I feel like it's just, you, it, it, you just can't do anything in the summer, you know? Like, it just sucks running in the summer. Why do I train for marathons in the summer? <laughs> I don't know. I don't think I'm ever going to do it again. This has been so unmotivating and it's kind of made me hate running. Aww. And I haven't been running and I'm just like, this is stupid. And Sunday, we went and bought bikes. So I have, like, a fancy-schmancy road bike. Nice. And we just got that last night after it got ordered and everything because I had to order the short people's size, and they don't carry that in stock usually. (laughs) And um, I went and rode my bike. I sent you a video about that, and I showed Mm -hmm. you the pretty bike um, for four miles. It's purple purple and, like, a dark blue. Oh, it looked pink in the video. Mm-hmm. It's the sun, mm. but she's pretty. We named her Miranda. And um, after Sex in the City? No, the guy at the bike store helped me because oh. she's sassy, and it's kind of like a European name oh. is where we came up with it. So um, I did that. I rode four miles last night. Getting used to bike riding is hard. My butt hurts a lot, y'all. <laughs> You gotta just start with like ten minutes at a time. First, have do you have bike shorts? No, I did not wear bike shorts either. Which I know I should have. We were just too excited. Those to be able will to help ride. some, but not a lot. But they'll 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 help some. But yeah, it's it, you just gotta. It's like running. How you gotta start out with just a little bit at a time and work your way up. Because the like the actual exercise itself isn't difficult. Like I could go out and ride a bike for two hours. But yeah, my butt is gonna be sore the next day. Yeah. And it's not even the muscles in my butt. It's like the bones where I sat on them hurt. And that was like, oh. So, but it was good cross training. And I am not a good bike rider. I'm very scared on it because I don't like going fast. Mm -hmm. And so I need to get more used to that. So I was like stopping myself down all the hills, like breaking, going down hills. (laughs) Yeah, that's me too. (laughs) Like a grandma driver. I was like, um, and Marshall's looking at me like, what's wrong with you? I'm like, I drive like a grandma. What makes you think I was going to want to ride a bike fast? I don't do anything fast. So uh, I averaged six miles per hour, which is slow, but it was really hilly too. There were lots of ups and downs. Yeah. So some of that is where I had to walk. I can the run bike that fast. <laughs> I know, exactly. I could too. And I was like, for 30 minutes, I could have run this just as fast. 10 minute miles for 30 minutes. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> I was not actually faster than, <laughs> but I was new and considering the last time I had been on a bike, I had wrecked trying bikes out at the bike store. Oh, I didn't tell you that because I was in between podcasts. So Sunday, when we go to try bikes on, I get on a bike and I didn't exactly know where the brakes were and I couldn't turn it and I run into like a dumpster in the parking lot (gasps) fall off the bike I Uh. get scraped up on my foot I've got like bruises all over me I'm bleeding when I walk back into the store holding my one shoe and they're looking at me like oh my gosh I'm so sorry I'm like it's my fault I was the one who ran into it 
And I wasn't, I was probably going like two miles an hour. <laughs> I wasn't even going fast. Oh, poor Megan. It was just me being like clumsy translated to a bike. So, you know, I was just like, oh my gosh. And they're all looking at me like I'm pitiful. Like, I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm like, it's okay. I just want to clean the blood up. Like, don't worry about it. It's my fault. I ran into it. Y'all didn't, you know what I mean? Yeah. So I was kind of nervous getting back out on the bike. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Last time I had wrecked it, but it wasn't as bad. And to do four miles, it was pretty good. Good. And then I had signed up for 5K this morning. And I'm going to tell you, Sue, I had an ambitious goal. Did you? Because I was going to get up before the 5K and run because the 5K started at 9 and my group run starts at 6.30. And I knew it was an out and back course today. I was like, okay, so what I'll do is I'll run 45 minutes out and then just 45 minutes back and get whatever mileage I can. And then because where we were starting was only about a mile from the race, I was like, well, I'll just run a mile to the race, run the race and run a mile back. Yeah, I slept through my five o'clock and six o'clock alarm and made it to the 5k. So yay, I made it to the 5k. (laughs) Good. And um, I signed up with it because Deanne, Go Outside Girl, who we had on our show a couple weeks ago, yeah, she was coming to run the race because her daughter lives in Greensboro. And so I wanted to be able to meet her and run with her. So I signed up and I met her before the race and then I ran, walked the 5K. It was warmer than I expected it to be. And I wore short sleeves instead of a tank top. So I got pretty warm mm-hmm. and it was hilly. Lots of up and down in the neighborhood. But I maintained under 12-minute miles. Nice. So I was pretty happy with that. And I finished and I ran a 5K, which is more than uh, I don't think I ran a full mile last week when I did my five miles. (laughs) That's how bad that run was. And I know I ran the first mile of this 5K. I'm planning to go out tomorrow-ish for at least. I want to get something longer in, but we're also going out tonight, so I don't know. I'm not really sure what's going on with my marathon at this point because I just haven't felt like running, and I know I still have like 10 weeks to train, but I just don't know if that's going to be enough with how much I've been running. So I don't know if I'm going to kind of drop a lot of the speed work and pace work and just kind of run for mileage to be able to train, to be able to run the marathon, or what? I think that if you are getting out there to run, I don't see why you would need to drop the pace work or, or the, you know, the marathon pace runs, unless you just need it like psychologically, you just need to. But I think ju- you just need to get out there, period. So whatever is going to make you get out there is great. Yeah. And I need to get out in the morning because I need, I've been sleeping through my alarm All week, I had it set for 5 a.m. to be able to get up and run before work, and I slept through it or turned it off and then just went back to sleep. What time are you getting to sleep at night? Uh, Some nights it was 8 o'clock, so I'm just exhausted. And I don't know if it's – I think I know a lot of it's going back to work and just just the mental exhaustion because it's not like I'm physically exhausted. I'm just mentally exhausted. And one night last week, I had a migraine that was terrible, and I just came home and laid down and slept for like three hours and was up enough to eat and then just went back to sleep. So some of it's just that. But I just need to get up in the mornings and do it, make myself get up. Because when I was running at 4.15, yeah, I was tired, but I made myself get up and do it. So that's what I just need to make myself do. Yeah. I'm planning to get out there. I'm not even saying on the podcast what I'm planning to do, but I'm going to get out and run. I need to. One for mental, like it'll be nice to just have the non-thinking time. Yeah. Just the running time. On one of my last runs, I was thinking about how you were talking about all you want is to for this marathon to be better than your last one. And I don't feel like that's a high high bar to reach. You know, if you if you train for it, I think you could very easily do better. But I but at this point, you're certainly not training in the way that you were training for the first one. Mm-hmm. And so 
you really you really can't run a marathon without <laughs> training for one it's just it's not it's not a half you can't just wing it you're gonna have a miserable time because it's a long way to go um I was planning my running route this morning for tomorrow's 16 mile or 16 not not 26 16 and like trying to come up with like because I'm meeting Michelle for five miles so I was trying to plan like 10 or 11 before that to Mm -hmm. for meeting her for the five and just thinking like that that 10 or 11 that I routed was a long way because I was thinking all of the places that I'm going to be running and then I'm going to run another five with her and I'm just like I do not want to run that much tomorrow I do not want to run 16 miles that's been kind of mine yeah but when you you put it in the context of a marathon it's like oh there's even 10 more on top of that Mm-hmm. So it's, and I think for me, it's just because like, I've had so many crappy l- runs lately. It's like, I don't want to suffer for three or four hours, you know, but at the same time, I know that it will get easier because it always does. It's just been like, it's been hard to run this summer, but yeah, as far as like the marathon itself, I really w- would either encourage you to either start running now <laughs> on a regular basis or maybe think about going for the half marathon well I can defer it and that's what I'd probably prefer to do yeah I can defer until October 31st and it's only a $20 fee and then I can just run the marathon next year which I'm strongly considering even though I just registered just because I mean I'm not gonna run the marathon if I don't start running I'm not gonna spend the hotel fee to go up there and end up having to drop or having a miserable race and not be trained for it. And I don't really want to go up there when I was training for this marathon and just run the half. I think that would make me feel worse. So I have a half coming up October 14th in about six weeks. So you should do some running for that anyway. (laughs) Yes. So, and that'll probably really be my deciding factor. Yeah. Then if I don't start running really before then, and it's not even motivation. I just haven't felt good or mentally it hasn't been there. The motivation hasn't been there and I haven't liked running. So I haven't wanted to do it. So it's just all of those things. And with the heat last year, I was making myself get out there and doing it. And this year I just kind of can't make myself. I wonder what the difference is. I mean, you kind of explained all of the factors that have gone into it for you, but I think ultimately it comes down to wanting it bad enough you know, like maybe for your first marathon, you were really excited about actually going out and accomplishing this thing that you've never done before. And maybe this time around, you're not as motivated or you just don't, you don't have as high a desire to do it that you're willing to go out and suffer for it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And I, that's exactly what it is. I haven't been excited about this marathon. And I think part of it has just been all the mental health stuff that's been going on and everything. And I kind of knew when I registered, I was just like, okay, well, maybe registering will make it more exciting. But I haven't been excited about it. It's kind of felt like a chore to have to train for this marathon. Have you thought much about the race day itself and what you hope to get out of it? No. So I don't even know why I'm running. Like, it's very weird. And I just kind of had these thoughts this past week. Like, why did you sign up for the race? Because I can't, I'm not excited about it. Like last time I was looking at my training plan and I was like, okay, I've got this coming up and I can do this. This time I'm like, oh, I have a marathon I have to run. And that's what it feels like, a marathon I have to run. It's And it's not like that. Right. So, so, so here's what I recommend. Really like think about the race itself. Picture yourself running it. Assuming that you were trained for it, assuming that you know, like, what is the absolute best thing that you would like to get out of that day? And if you like, if you don't feel like a really strong, positive, like, desire at that point to run, <laughs> then I, I don't know if you have any desire. You know what I'm saying? I totally get it. Yeah. Because I've been like, um, why are you going to run this marathon? Like, I've been trying to ask myself, like, why did you decide? And I don't know if it's just because I decided, oh, it's summer, train for a marathon again. You know what I mean? Without really wanting to. So I'm pretty sure at this point, I'm probably going to defer. And then I can maybe just work on liking running again, and getting out there and doing it. That sounds so weird. But it's been when I looked at my mileage, it's the end of August. And I've run 208 miles this year. 
that's actually a pretty good year for you. <laughs> I mean, I don't mean to make a joke, but like, I mean, last year you did pretty well, but in the past, yeah, at this point, you would be like way less, like maybe a hundred miles. And actually, I read it wrong. It's two hundred and eighty-one, so oh. that's really not that bad. No, that's pretty good. Yeah, but still, where I wanted to be, that's not where I wanted to be. I don't know. It's just weird. I was thinking about that, asking myself, why are you running? Which idea makes you feel better? The idea of going out and running your marathon and having a really great race or the idea of not having to think about it anymore and just deferring it? Which feels better to you? Deferring it. <laughs> you didn't even hesitate. Okay, so that's no. probably what you should do, I would think. Yes, that's that's why I said I'm like I'm pretty sure I'm going to defer it. Like for me, the the idea of like deferring my marathon makes me so sad. <laughs> like, and and even even when I'm like I'm training for it now, but even in the past when like I was injured and wasn't able to like even then like knowing that it would hurt me to run it's still like really sad because I really wanted to do this thing so just knowing that you you feel good about deferring it means that that's what you really actually want it feels like a relief to not have to worry about it anymore and whether I'm going to do it good enough Mm -hmm. and then I get sad because I feel like I'm letting the listeners down which I know that's not what I'm doing and like I'm letting you down but I'd rather defer and maybe get back to liking running instead of it feeling like a chore I have to do. And my runs right now are feeling like something I have to get out and do. Mm. That's something I'm doing because I want to. Right. And I'm just doing them because I'm supposed to do them because I have this marathon I'm running. Right. Not because I want to do them to get a fat to be a better runner for the marathon I'm running. Okay. So it feels like a job, I guess, <laughs> without any real reward right now because it's too hot. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I'm deferring right now, and then maybe that'll help me. I'm just kind of like, what do we talk about the rest of the season now? Because it's all like kind of planned around the whole marathon training for you. Um, see, do you see why I felt bad about deferring now on this whole letting? It's fine. <sighs> it's totally fine. I'm still, I'm still gonna run my marathon. I'm gonna knock the crap out of my marathon. So, um, there's going to be stuff to talk about. It's just. Uh, I think the focus of the show might change a little. (laughs) Yes, I'm sorry, listeners. This was kind of like as talking to Sue about my running here lately. And then I just decided to look up the deferrals. And I've thought about it the past week or so when I didn't get out this week either Mm. and run. I was like, I wonder if deferring is a thing. And it is. And maybe in the next couple months, I'll be ready and I can train for a spring marathon. Get back that and just the love of running. Because I have not... Since Flying Pig, I have not really felt like running, as -hmm. evidenced by the fact that the last couple of months, I haven't. Right. All right. Well, yeah, I don't really know where to go from here, but we can move on and talk about mental training because I'm sure that's still going to be relevant for anybody who's training for a race and definitely useful when we're having tough runs. So are you ready to move along to the coaching segment? Yes. Okay. This comes from an article on strengthrunning.com by Doug Hay, and it's called, Do You Have Mental Toughness? How to Train Your Brain for Your Next Race. So you've been training for that big race a while now, right? Well, some of us have. (laughs) I can tell because you're deep in the zone. You're religiously sticking to the training plan. You're even focusing on your nutrition falling asleep with running times on your nightstand, this is an old article, and reading up on all the latest training advice for the past month. You're doing everything right, and I can tell you're ready for the race, physically. But how are you doing mentally? Have you planned for how you'll feel a few weeks from now when you've worked your way through all the running magazines, your training runs feel stale, and you're bored from staying in every Saturday night before Sunday's long run? And I know, I hate to bring it up, but don't forget about the week leading up to the race. When your nerves are keeping you up all night and you start second-guessing your training. You can be in the best shape of your life, but if you lack mental toughness when you tow the line, you might as well kiss that goal time goodbye. Which is why we need to focus on not just our bodies throughout training, we also need to train our minds. So, how do we overcome training boredom? 
The training lull is nothing new. If it hasn't happened to you before, it's bound to happen at some point. Long runs, tempo workouts, recovery days. One minute they are going along beautifully, then boom, you wake up and just don't feel like running anymore. Maybe running isn't a habit yet. Maybe you're tired of canceling on your friends every Saturday night. Or you're just tired of listening to your coach tweet angry 140 character messages at you. Whatever it is, boredom and burnout are real things and they can totally derail your race plans. Finding a way to refocus mentally is key to staying on track and progressing in your training. Here are five powerful ideas to help you get back on track. Take advantage of the power of accountability by running with a new partner, either on a team or a group of friends. Take a few days off, party like a rock star, sleep in, do whatever you need to do, but only for a few days. Set a three-day max on your running hiatus and force yourself to lace up the shoes again once it is over. Even a short break can rejuvenate. Set a goal to never run the same route twice during a three-week window. The planning will be fun and exploring new routes and places will be just the variety your training needs. Try a new workout or go on vacation and plan to run every day while you are there. Performance anxiety. When we talk about performance anxiety in other aspects of our lives, there is generally a quick fix in the form of a pill. Not so for runners. We are all on our own. But as Dr. Joanne Dalcoetter points out in her book, Your Performing Edge, there is good arousal and bad arousal. Bad arousal is generated by fear and nervousness about performance, feeling out of control. Good arousal comes from enthusiasm and feeling ready for anything. The key is distinguishing between the two and turning the bad arousal into positive energy that builds mental toughness instead of holding you back. She recommends to take notes throughout your training of when anxiety begins to creep up and how it manifests itself inside you. Are you losing sleep? Are you filled with self-doubt? Are you experiencing physical signs of anxiety like muscular tension, irritability, or the dreaded diarrhea? When these signs show up, perhaps before a long run or a training race, jot down how you feel and how your body handles it once you actually start running. Practice channeling that bad energy into something more productive. Spend time every day meditating on the event. Visualize yourself successfully running the race and crossing the finish line. Take slow, deep breaths by inhaling through the nose and exhaling through the mouth. Create a mantra which addresses the bad energy and empowers you to be strong. When having a big head is a good thing. Nothing can tear you down quicker than yourself. 40 miles into my first 50-mile ultramarathon, I was tired, dehydrated, and mentally unfocused. In a matter of two miles, I went from feeling strong and confident to worthless and ready to quit. I had no mental toughness. I quit believing in myself, and I was dangerously close to ending my race 10 miles short of the finish. Thankfully, a running buddy was pacing me at the same time and felt my negative energy flowing like Niagara Falls. He looked me in the eye, grabbed my arm, and assured me that I could press on. He forced me to believe that the bad time would pass and I would regain strength soon. It was confidence that carried me to the finish line. Throughout your training, you have the golden opportunity to spend weeks, often months, doing nothing but building yourself up and turning yourself into a confidence machine. So here are some things you can do to improve your confidence. Write down the distance, goal time, and race date on several pieces of paper and hang them in places you frequent, like above your dresser, bathroom mirror, or next to your computer at the office. Every time you read those words, tell yourself that you will hit that goal time on that date. At the end of your long runs, begin visualizing yourself approaching the finish line with time to spare. On a recent podcast, No Meat Athletes Matt Frazier discussed using this technique leading up to his Boston qualifying race. It was so effective it would often bring him to tears while he was running as he visualized years of hard work paying off. Begin telling others what you are doing and the goal you are aiming for. Don't view this as bragging, but owning all the work you put into your training. It may go something like this. I've been great. I'm training for a marathon where I'm finally going to break four hours. The key to believing is seeing, right? Well, the same goes for doing. When you see yourself as a confident runner, achieving all the goals along your path, you'll be that much closer to actually doing. The well-rounded runner trains for a race physically and prepares themselves mentally. They can embrace the negatives or bad arousal and actually use it to perform better on race day. So as you train for your next race, remember these three things. You're only bored because you are acting boring. Mix it up. 
Performance anxiety should be dealt with long before race day. Take on those nerves and turn them into motivation. Seeing is doing. See yourself as the runner you are and go kick some ass. In addition to those thoughts, I wanted to share some of my strategies for mental training when I'm having a tough run or uh, struggling with a long run. First is to practice not giving up during tough runs. So when a run gets hard and I want to quit, I ask myself, is this what I'm going to do on race day? And of course it's not. I do everything I can to keep running and to finish the workout. Tough runs make us stronger runners. So if you want to be strong and go the distance on race day, you have to train yourself to be strong on your daily runs. Number two, I encourage myself with mantras. My favorite during a hard run or when I'm doing anything scary is you can do this, you are a marathoner. So um, actually, here's a little story. This past week in my newspaper delivery job, I had to get from uh, Portsmouth, New Hampshire to Dover, New Hampshire very quickly. And normally, um, because you have to cross big bridges to get there, I would take a roundabout route that would take 25, 30 minutes to get there. Um, But this week, I didn't quite have that time because I needed to get the newspapers to the houses on time. So I forced myself to do something incredibly scary to me, which is driving over this gigantic bridge on the highway, which immediately induced a panic attack. My heart was racing. uh, I was getting lightheaded. My palms are sweating. As I'm driving over this bridge, I'm thinking I'm about to pass out. This is how panicked I get. But I just told myself the whole time you can do it you are a marathoner you are brave you got this you could do this like constantly the whole time and I got over the bridge and was thrilled because I didn't die (laughs) Um, and then I went back and I did it again the next day and it was less scary and then I did it again last night and didn't get panicky at all I just did it and it, w- it took three days, that's it, three days to get over that bridge without having the panic attack. So um, so mantras can be very helpful. And um, so yeah, I use my background of, you know, having done a marathon before to encourage myself like, hey, you've done something really freaking hard before, you can do this. And then some other mantras that I use are don't think, just run, which was helpful at Flying Pig. Um, what would Mo do? because I love Mo Farah. He is my spirit animal. Um, or you can use another runner like Dean Karnazes or Pri. And then another one I like is you've done it before, you can do it again. Another strategy I use during a tough run is distraction. So if I can't be positive in my thoughts, I try to distract myself by looking at other things around me and just not being inside my head. Whatever is around me, just trying to make up a conversation in my head about it, thinking of anything else. Um, And so that helps with conserving brain power, focus, and determination. And it also can help me forget that I'm struggling with the run for whatever reason. Number four, I remember that oftentimes if I'm pushing through a really hard run, whatever the reason, um, a lot of times I can get a second wind later on. And so if I try to remember that, it can help to keep me going, knowing that it can or could get better. And a lot of times the longer the distance you're running, the more likely you are to get a second wind too. Number five, not every run is going to be a good run. Sometimes running just sucks. (laughs) The more bad runs you survive, the more that you appreciate the good runs. And the more runs you have, period, the more likely it is that you will have a good run on race day. So that's the fifth thing that I try to tell myself. So um, hopefully some of that can be helpful to people who are experiencing tough runs. I've been doing a lot of mental training lately because I've been having a lot of tough runs lately and I don't always succeed. Like I said, I only got four repeats of my um, six at half marathon pace this week, but going to keep getting out there and keep doing the workouts and doing them as, as well as I can under the circumstances. So that wraps up mental training. Up next, we have recommends. <laughs> Megan, what's your recommend this week? My recommend is a new watch that I got, and it's the Garmin 735 XT. It's their newer model of a tri-watch. 
And I like it because it's become my new daily watch because it counts. It's an activity tracker, too, so it counts steps and everything. And the band is comfortable, and it tracks running and biking and swimming and all kinds of other things like hiking and indoor runs. And I don't even know what else it does because I haven't tried it. You can get text messages on it. Yes, I can do that, too. So That's seen, cool. <laughs> and you, you, I can see that people are calling me, like, during the run. So it syncs up with your phone? Yeah, so I can have my phone on me, and if it's a phone call, I don't have to pull my phone out. I can just see and see whether I need to answer it or not. Cool. Um, I was trying to think what else I've used it for. It tracks my sleep. Has weather? Yeah. <laughs> cool. So going through, what did I – it'll give me my resting heart rate, and then it'll tell me my low and my high over the last four hours. And then weather – and you can download, like, some apps. So I have, like, a – um weather that tells me when the next precipitation is and it tells me no precipitation for at least 120 minutes Ooh, that's useful and then i also downloaded one that's the sunrise and sunset so i can see when the daylight will go away so you can download different apps for it yeah through their connect iq thing a lot of it's mostly watch faces but they also have like a like short workout one it's one of the cool things too it has is like a navigation so if you're starting you can put courses on it and it'll direct you to them Ooh! or you can do like a back to start so if you get lost somewhere you can have it tell you how to get back to the start of where you started running that's awesome that is so cool so did you find this like on like a super cool deal somewhere or did you just like buy it full price because i'm intrigued full price oh man I've been looking at it, though, since Flying Pig, when we talked to the Garmin rep for probably 30 minutes. Yeah. And it feels nice on my wrist. That's awesome. It's not as big as I thought it was. I thought it would be. So, yeah, I just went ahead and paid full price. And now I won't need a watch for a long time because this is the newest model and it does everything. That's awesome. I'm super jealous. (laughs) (laughs) I have a couple of cheap running watches, but they get the job done between the two of them, I guess, (laughs) when I remember to wear them. (laughs) Very cool. Garmin Forerunner 735 XT. My recommend this week is a feature on the Runners Connect website called the Temperature Calculator. This is a pretty cool calculator that if you input the current dew point and the current temperature and the goal pace for your run, along with the distance you plan to run and the intensity of your run, whether it's an easy pace, a tempo effort, or a race, then it will give you an adjusted pace based on the temperature. So for example, on my last marathon pace run, it was 70 degrees Fahrenheit with a dew point of 55, and my goal pace for marathon pace was 945, and I chose the tempo intensity, and it gave me an adjusted pace of 956, which I ended up running an average of 954, so that's how close I was <laughs> um, running on effort to what it said I should have been running. So I just thought this is a neat feature if, you know, warm summer weather is getting you down and you still want to try and get your workout done This can be a really good way to adjust for the weather and still be working your aerobic system in the way that you're supposed to be to achieve that effect. So I just think that this is a really great tool. So that's from runnersconnect.com. And up next, we have Runner Girl of the Week. This week's Runner Girl of the Week is Jasmine from Germany on Strava and I picked this run because when I was looking at her run I happened to notice the elevation map on her run which I'd never seen an elevation map like this before it was a 3.8 mile run so almost four miles and it was completely flat elevation (laughs) straight across and I just looked at that and I thought oh that's so nice That's so lovely. And so I just wanted to give a shout out to Jasmina on Strava. She had pretty consistent splits, as you might imagine, all in the 11 minute range. And yeah, just a good run. So good for you, Jasmina. I wish 
that I had a route like that that I could run that was just nice and flat. Not every day, because I, you know, I, I gotta run hills sometimes. I gotta train myself, but it'd be nice once in a while on a cool day to just run on a flat route and see what you can actually do on a flat route. So I just thought that was cool. It was 81 degrees when she did it. 81 degrees? Where do you see that? On the bottom. On the bottom. Where it says temperature, it says average. Oh, like I if see you it. Open it. Yeah, I didn't even see the temperature there. That's cool, Dang, too. Dang, I didn't know Germany got that hot. <laughs> I'm, it probably matters where in Germany you are. It's probably a big country, right? Yes. <laughs> I don't know. Y'all, I promise I will tell you that my geography is terrible. <laughs> They do not teach American children enough about the geography of other countries. Well, I guess I can relate. I mean, I have pretty poor geography of even the United States, so I'm not one to <laughs> judge. So we choose our Runner Girl of the Week from our Daily Miles, Smash Run, Strava feeds, and our Facebook page. And if you would like to be a Runner Girl, find us on any of those websites and share your run. <laughs> And I think that brings us to the end of the show. Megan, what is your quote for tonight? My quote is from Dean Karnazes, and it says, Run when you can, walk if you have to, crawl if you must, just never give up. Deferring is kind of like my crawling. So. <laughs> I was going to say, it sounds like you're giving up to me. <laughs> no, but deferring is my crawling, because I'm going to keep running. So just not that marathon at this time. Okay. I'm coming for it. 2018, though. Okay. <laughs> that is it for Episode 8 of Season 6. Join us next time. We will be talking about recovery during marathon training. If you want to share anything, comments, questions, or your runs, you can email us at runnergirlspodcast at gmail.com. Follow us at facebook.com slash runnergirlspodcast. Tweet to us at runnergirlsshow.com. Tag us on Instagram at Runner Girls Podcast or call the hotline at 207-200-3297. Download episodes at RunnerGirlsPodcast.com, iTunes, and Stitcher. Thanks for listening. Now go outside and run. <laughs>